0: Well happy Easter everyone. I'm Pastor Ryan. And I you know, at the beginning of the service I looked around, I saw some puzzled faces. I saw those faces that were kinda like, Oh man, I know I'm losing track of time, but I am pretty sure that Easter was last week. But you were also kind of like but Easter is also kinda these guys' things, so like maybe they're maybe they're right. I don't know. But no, it's fine. You're cool. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy to the Easter season here. We're beginning a new season of sermons, and each sermon is going to follow a story of Jesus and the disciples post resurrection. And each sermon is going to ask this question gosh, what could life look like when we start again? Good question for right now, right? So today, let's jump right into it. And um, if you didn't get a program, uh, you'll need that later on, and just let Tim know, raise your hand at Tim, and he'll, he'll grab you a program, and a pen would be really helpful too. For those of you following along, we're in the Gospel of John, which is like a spiritual biography of Jesus, and we're going to pick up the story on the afternoon of Jesus' resurrection. This is after Jesus appeared to Mary in the disguise of a gardener in the cemetery, and Mary doesn't even recognize Jesus until he says her name, and then he sends Mary to the disciples, hey, go share this good news with them. So Mary becomes the apostle to the apostles, and our story today is what happens next. We're going to read it in pieces, and I'm going to need your help. So Sean's got a microphone. Can I get a volunteer to read the first part of our story from John 20? Wheezy? Awesome. Sean's going to get a microphone over to you. Thank you, Weezy, right here. And it'll be on the screen, Weezy. John 20:19, 20, Later on the day that Jesus rose from the dead, the disciples had gathered together. But fearful of the religious leaders had blocked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them, and said, Peace to you. Then he showed him his hands inside. We're going to switch microphones. There you go. And then there's one more part. Next slide. Next slide. The disciples, seeing the Master with their own eyes, were awestruck. Jesus repeated his greeting, Peace to you. Just as the Father sent me, I send you. There we go, one more. Then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. Received the Holy Spirit, he said. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? Awesome. Give Weezy a hand. Thank you, Weezy. Well done, well done. That takes a lot of courage. So what's the first thing that you notice about this story? It's weird. It is really weird, this story. If you didn't notice this, then you're weird, okay? This is, I mean, come on, we have to mention this. This has to be the first thing that we say. Uh, I mean, let's just count the ways in which this story is weird. First, it's about Jesus who is alive after he's been super dead. Weird. I mean, This just doesn't happen on a regular basis. This is an anomaly. It's not something that you can replicate in a lab. And if you do, you're probably gonna make a monster, right? Like, have you ever noticed that in movies, when people come back from the dead, it just never goes well, (laughs) right? Even when it starts out really good, oh, Jim, Jim's back, oh my gosh, everyone, Jim's back. But there's something a little bit off about Jim, right? It's always horrible, always. So what that tells me is that we have no imagination for a good resurrection. We have no imagination for it. And now, I haven't even gotten into the part where Jesus is like passing through locked doors, and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Which is like the literal translation of peace to you. And then he's like, hey, look at these gnarly scars, and now I'm going to breathe on you. Are you with me? Like, this is pretty weird but it's probably not the only weird story in the Bible. If you think it is, you have not been reading your (laughs) B-I-B-L-E. It's full of weird stories about a weird God. And it's that weirdness, which at one time just like really bothered me, that now I've come to really appreciate. Why? Because life is weird. Isn't it? And weird stuff, it happens. It happens all the time. Uh, can I tell you a short story about something weird that happened to me a couple years ago? And Maybe I've told this to a couple of you, I don't know. I, I got woken up in the middle of the night by this sound. And it sounded like a music box, but it was like playing really slowly. And then I woke up Bonnie, I was like, did you hear that? And I know this sounds like a horror movie, but just hang with me for a second, Okay. And we're laying there, and we're listening for the sound. And as the music picks up, I recognize the tune. And it's the Music Man. And I remember that my grandmother had given me this music box many years ago, and then I had just kind of, like, stuffed it in the back of my closet. But for some unexplainable reason, it began to play in the middle of the night and pick up speed. And so I'm, like, laying there. And I just begin to pray. And I'm like, God, this is kind of creepy. But this reminds me of my grandmother, whom I love. So I want to pray for her tonight. And just would you, like, would you surround her with your love? And I, just, I prayed until I just fell back asleep. And the very next morning, I called my dad. And before I could tell him the story, he was like, Ryan, I need to tell you that your grandmother went into hospice last night. She's not responsive and she's going she's gonna to pass on today. And all I could say was, I know. And I can't explain it. And stuff like that doesn't happen to me every day. But bizarre stuff happens every day because life is strange. So I'm glad. I'm glad that God is weird. I'm glad the Bible's weird because you know what else is weird? You are. You're weird. And the more I get to know y'all, the more I'm convinced of this. And how wonderful is that, right? That God has made you wonderfully weird. God has made you unique. And you don't have to try to be, right? You just are. And most certainly, God has made you weirder than you're willing to become. That's how weird you are. And St. Paul says it this way in his letter to Christians who are living right in the heart of the empire in Rome. Paul says this, resist conformity. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't fit into the pattern that the empire wants to squeeze you into. Instead, be transformed and renew your minds. That's how Paul says it. So yes, yes, this resurrection story is weird but guess what? You've got an odd story too. So just get, just get comfortable with it, okay? That's number one. Can I get one more, uh, another reader? Another reader. Anybody? Nine. Thanks, BJ. Pop that up on the screen there. Give them a head start. John 20, 24 to 26. But Thomas, sometimes called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples told him, we saw the master. But he said, unless I see the nail holes in his hands, put my finger in the nail holes, and stick my hand in his side, I won't believe it. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the room. This time, Thomas was with them. Okay. Thanks, BJ. We're not going to clap for you, but you did a great (laughs) job. job. (laughs) Um, Okay. Like, what is with Thomas here? Uh, I mean, if I was his friend and I was like, man, you won't believe this, I had an emergency appendicitis operation last week. Would Thomas be like, you're right, I don't believe you? And where's the incision site? Because I'm going to stick my finger in it. (laughs) Wait, what? Why? Why would would you do that? So, okay, so maybe Thomas is a little weird. But I want to speak in favor of Thomas, and here's why. His sincere doubt leads him to what's real. He doesn't want a fake faith. He doesn't want that. And I don't think that he's a cynic, I mean, as some people peg him to be. I don't think he's cynical, because cynicism isn't interested in getting to the truth. Cynicism just wants to critique others, find fault, pick apart, tear down, deconstruct, which is that's the easiest thing to do, Right? Cynicism, it's really safe too. It doesn't risk much vulnerability. It's so much more vulnerable to say what you're for, to grow something, to build something, to love something. That takes way more courage than cynicism. But I don't, I don't think he's cynical. Because imagine this Thomas's doubt led him to continue to show up eight days later, right? Does your doubt do that? Kept showing up. I don't think cynicism would do that. And when everyone else was going on and on, oh, I've seen the risen Christ, it was so amazing. And like Thomas didn't share that experience with them. But he didn't let it keep him home. I think that is worth mentioning. Thomas kept showing up. And it was his doubt, his commitment to the real That led him to an incredible, transformative encounter with Jesus. And that is why we want to encourage sincere doubt, not squash it. This is why we say at the beginning of every service no matter what you believe, if you have questions or think you have all the answers, you are welcome here. Because sincere doubt leads us to what's real. Have you ever prayed this prayer? God, if you're real, then you got to show up right now. So I can't play pretend anymore. I don't have any tolerance for fake gods. you got to be who you say you are because I need you to be real. I need you to show up in some real way right now. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Oh my gosh, I pray this all the time. And I think it's a faithful prayer too, right? Because this prayer takes God seriously. Not playing around. I want to encourage you to pray that prayer, too. See what happens. Jesus came through the locked doors and stood among them and said, peace to you. Then he focused his attention on Thomas. Take your finger and examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it into my side. Don't be unbelieving. Believe, Thomas said, my master, my God. Hmm. Great. Thanks, Chris. Okay, still weird, but I already made that point. I'm not going to keep harping on it. <laughs> but I love how Jesus meets Thomas in his weirdness here. Right? Jesus isn't, like, grossed out. He's, he's not, Thomas isn't too weird for Jesus. Instead, Jesus says, Hey, I, I heard that you want to see my wound. Here it is. And I don't know what that meant for Thomas, exactly. Like I, I don't know what it meant for Thomas to see Jesus, who he loved, who he left everything to follow, to be hurt so badly, to be murdered so brutally. I don't, I don't know what that was like for, for Thomas. But I know that he needed to see it in order to re-secure That attachment to Jesus. And it, like, do you notice, like, it wasn't the whole passing through locked doors thing that did it for him? I'd be like, whoa, okay, I wanna see that one again. But it wasn't, it wasn't for Thomas. And I think that's actually the case for all of us, that it is in our woundedness, not the cool tricks. Cool tricks don't last very long. It's in the woundedness that real connection is made. Doesn't that make sense, too? Isn't that part of your experience? Like, I hear incredible stories every week from our small groups, from our women's group, from our men's group, from our queer group, from our youth group, right? From our mom's group, from our book group. I hear stories every week about how people vulnerably share their wounds, things that, like, we're afraid would disconnect us from each other if other people knew but instead we discover that it's our wounds that become this place of connection. It's our wounds that become this place of transformation. Isn't that amazing? I think that's so amazing. That, that is just the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our community. So here's how this story ends. Kind of one last reader, please. One last reader. Thanks, Jen. John 20:29 20, to 30. Jesus said, "So you believe because you've seen with your own eyes. Even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing." Jesus provided far, far more God-revealing signs than are written down in this book. These are written down so you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing, have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. Thank you, June. What a great end to this story. The author is basically like, oh, you think that's weird? Let me tell you, Jesus did a whole bunch of other crazy things, and I can't write them all down in this book, but if you want to talk to me afterwards, you can, I'll, I'll let you in on it. Okay? <laughs> Here's what I really love about this ending. It says that God is still doing wonderfully weird things in the world. The risen Christ is still causing good mischief. Jesus is still disguised in the stranger. Jesus is still passing through the doors that we lock because we're afraid. Jesus is still showing up as real when we show up as real. Not despite our doubts, but because of the persistence of our doubt to keep showing up. And Jesus is still making connections in the vulnerable sharing of wounds. That means that this gospel, this biography, it's not over. Not all the chapters have been written. The canon's not closed because there's not enough books to contain it. And it continues to be written in your weird and wonderful life. So here's what, how I want to invite you to respond here. While we sing this next song, I want to invite you to add your own weird story to a Salt House book of Easter stories. In your program, there you've got a blank page, and if you need a pen, raise your hand. And if you're at home, uh, you can type this up and you can send it to Ryan M at SaltHouseChurch.org because we wanna we wanna make a collection here. We wanna keep this book going. So this is time for you to write your Thomas story. Have you had any weird experiences that somehow reveal God? Or have you had a sincere doubt that led you to what's real? Or have your vulnerability and wounds led you to greater connection? What's your Thomas story? So write about it as we sing this next song, and then you can um, you can drop that when you know when you leave the sanctuary here. You can drop that in the basket, and we'll we'll combine all these stories together, okay, to make our own Salt House weird Easter book. Because guess what, people, it's still Easter. Amen. 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 Amen.